We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Have you ever looked up at the night sky and wondered if there's life in other parts of the universe? You mean, are aliens real? Yeah, I mean, some of these questions are so deep that no matter what the answer is, it's going to blow your mind. So, like, if there is life out there... That would be totally mind-blowing. And if we're the only living beings in the entire universe... Oh my gosh, also mind-blowing. Hi, I'm Jorge. And I'm Daniel. And I'm a cartoonist, former roboticist. And I'm a particle physicist, which means I know things about particles and space and the universe, and I make up things about aliens. Welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. Today on the program, we're asking the question, are we alone in the universe? Is there anyone else out there that thinks and feels and loves and slips on bananas? Or is it just us in the universe thinking and feeling? Are we the only ones intelligent or somewhat intelligent in this entire universe? At least you think humans are intelligent, Jorge. I mean, that says something about you right there. (laughs) Well, it's a low bar. (laughs) Sometimes I wonder if aliens have come to Earth and just sort of dismissed us as not intelligent life and moved on. Yeah, they're like, oh my God, we don't want to associate with these people. (laughs) These dumb rocks. So we were wondering about this question. And as usual, we went out and we asked people on the street. We said, do you think we're alone in the universe or is there other intelligent life out there? What do you think? Are we the only ones in the universe? Here's what they had to say. Definitely think there's uh, other intelligence out there. Why is that? Well, first of all, I think it's kind of arrogant to think that we're the only ones here because it's a pretty big place. I think it's possible that there's other intelligent life just because of how spacious the universe is. Uh, I think there's another intelligent life oh, somewhere wow. out there. Yeah. Why do you think that? Because I think the universe is so big and 
I don't know, I just don't think it's possible that human is the only intelligent life, yeah. All right, so I think most people seem to be pretty optimistic about it, right? You think that's optimistic? I was surprised that everybody believes in aliens. Like, almost every (laughs) single person thinks there is other intelligent life out there, right? I was really shocked. I thought there was going to be a lot more skepticism. Really? A lot more, um, like, human-centric people, like, we're special? Yeah, well, you know, America is a fairly religious nation, and the narrative of the mainstream Christianity is that humans were made in the image of God, and there's not a whole lot of place in that narrative for other intelligent races. Well, I guess there's nothing on the, in the Bible that says that there aren't aliens, right? Oh, that's true, I suppose. But are they human-like or, you know, other weird stuff? Or Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Anyway, it would be a fascinating moment in a reckoning for Christianity and most religions <laughs> the day that we discover other intelligent life. You and I should write that extra testament. <laughs> the newest testament by Jorge and Daniel. The extra terrestrial <laughs> testament. <laughs> the terrestriament. Uh, but I was surprised by how um, subtle people's arguments were. You know, they were like, um, it's a big universe, so it'd be surprising if we were the only ones. Like, that's a very kind of subtle argument, right? What's uh, subtle about it? I mean, they're just saying it's huge, and so it's probably not empty, right? Yeah. There's a lot of interesting nuances there, like, yeah, it's big, but we don't know how rare life is. And so we have no idea if being big means that there's a lot of life. We could still be the only ones, you know? Uh-huh. What I'm really interested in is your comment. You said you were, thought they were optimistic. So you think um, having aliens out there is good news? Well, I don't know if it's good news, but it's it's kind of like... um it sort of feels like the sadder option is that we're the only ones in the entire universe, right? Like there's something comforting emotionally about the fact that we're not the only ones out there, right? Like you wouldn't want to be the only person alive in the universe. I don't know. It depends how friendly they are. You know, if there's <laughs> other ferocious life out there waiting to kill us, I'm not sure I'd be too comforted knowing that they're they're not very far away and they could come over here and squish us in a moment. Oh, I see. You're you're pessimistic about the optimistic scenario where we're not the only ones. Yeah, the fact that we're not the only ones. Um, if we were, if we discover that there is intelligent, other intelligent life out there, I agree. It means something really fascinating and deep about life and intelligence and consciousness. But I'm not sure it would be good news for humans, you know. And what you said a moment ago was fascinating as well, because you say it would be comforting to think that there's other intelligent life out there. On the contrary, if we are the only intelligent life in the entire vast cosmos, that means we're quite special. Mm-hmm. You know, in the history of science, mostly the role of science has been to put humanity in its place. You know, oh, you, uh, the Earth is not the center of the solar system. Oh, the Earth is not the center of the galaxy. Oh, this galaxy is one of zillions. So it turns out we're tiny little things living on a tiny speck in the middle of nowhere. Wouldn't it be amazing if science then put humanity right back in the center of importance and said, mm. we are special. We are the only right. intelligent life in the universe. We are basically the universe's brain. That would be a fascinating new role for science. In sort of the you know communal mindset, <laughs> I guess I don't have the the same ego as a physicist. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> right. Cartoonists are famously self deprecating, yes, right? Yes, we're very right. It doesn't people. take any ego to put your art online <laughs> for millions to admire. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a big universe, and so it would be weird if we were the only ones. And so that's the, that's a big question, right? Like, why haven't we, by now, we've been um, listening to the skies and looking out there, by now, why haven't we heard from or been contacted by or seen evidence of other intelligent life forms? 
Right. It's a famous question, and people call it the Fermi paradox from for Enrico Fermi, who first posited it. He said, the universe is huge, and it's old. And that's another important factor. The universe is old. And that means that even though it's pretty big, it doesn't take that long to get across it, like take our galaxy, right? It's pretty big, but you could traverse it in, you know, a couple million years if you had pretty good technology. Right. So so by now, we should have seen some passing uh, cruise ship or alien cruise ship or some sort of a probe or something by now. Yeah, like if I wanted to explore the galaxy, how would I do it? Mm-hmm. I would send out a probe, which would then uh, self-replicate. It would like land on an asteroid and mine the materials to build two copies of itself, mm-hmm. which would then land on an asteroid, which would then land on asteroids. So you get this exponential growth in these probes and it only takes you know a few hundred thousand years to visit every single thing in the galaxy if you use that technique so then the question is why haven't we been visited if the galaxy is billions of years old and not that hard to get across in a fraction of the galaxy's lifetime where is everybody right so that's fermi's famous question Right, right. And it's kind of related to this idea you mentioned earlier, which is that uh, it sort of depends on the probability of things. Like the probability that we would be contacted by life is equal to the probability that uh, life can form and that it can do other things, right? That's right. And you have to sort of break the problem into pieces. Mm-hmm. And the guy who did that first is called Drake. And so there's this equation called the Drake equation, mm-hmm. which tries to sort of compartmentalize the questions. It says, you know, the probability for us to be contacted by aliens is the number of stars out there times the fraction of those stars that have Earth-like planets, right? That mm-hmm. gives you the total number of Earth-like planets out there times the probability for life to be formed on those planets times the probability for that life to be intelligent, times the probability for that life to have technology, times the probability that we overlap in eras so that we can actually talk to them. So it's a lot of different pieces. So it's like you have to stack these probabilities one on top of the other. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, what's the probability you're going to roll a uh, two ones when you roll two die? And it's like you have to multiply the probability of rolling one in one die, and then another one in another die, which is one six times one six. So it's like there's like a one in thirty six probability you're going to throw a, a deuce, a, a two ones, and a pair of die. Exactly. And the more pieces you have that have to line up, the harder the chances are. Even right. if you do something more more likely, like flip a coin, right? Uh-huh. What are the chances you're going to flip a coin eight times and get eight heads in a row, right? Uh-huh. Well, not very high. You know, one over two to the eight is a small number. So even if all of those numbers are pretty big, it's the probability of all of them together can be kind of small. Oh, I see. It's like you have to flip a coin and get a head and then flip another coin and get a head. And so that those probabilities stack up. And if you have one coin that's like messed up, that's uh, tails on both sides, and you'll never get all heads, right? That's right. And that's the calculation I think people were doing in their heads when we asked them, is there intelligent life out there? And they thought, well, the first part of that number, the number of stars, is huge. And so it doesn't really matter what the other numbers are. I think that's the argument they were making. But I think that argument is pretty flawed, actually. What what do you mean uh, it's flawed? Well, the first number is big, right? So how many stars are there in the universe? Well, every galaxy has about 100 billion, which is, you know, already a totally infathomable number. Like, it's just, it's hard to even imagine, right, how many stars that is. Plus, you have to multiply that by the number of galaxies in the universe. And in our observable universe, the part we can see is 2 trillion galaxies. So we're 2 trillion times 100 billion. It's a bazillion stars. That's the official. That's right. Technically, that's right. Bugajillion. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and in fact, um, I think they've figured out that um, 
on any given star, the probability that there's an Earth-like planet, there's like maybe three or four of them, right? Per star. Yeah, this is something we've only learned pretty recently because of the rise of this exoplanet science where we can look at other stars and see the planets around them and try to estimate. We've seen enough now that we can start to estimate what fraction of those stars have an Earth-like planet, meaning a planet that's pretty rocky, reasonable size, and has a reasonable amount of solar radiation, right? It's not mm-hmm. fried to a crisp or totally chilly. And yeah, the, the, the fraction of stars that have an Earth-like planet is one in five. One in five stars has an Earth-like planet. Yeah, which is amazing because that takes that huge number, 2 trillion times 100 billion, and just divides it by five, which still leaves an enormous number. There's a huge amount of planets out there that are just like the Earth. That's right. And we only learned this recently. You know, a few years ago, it could have been that Earth-like planets were super rare. That number could have been one over two gazillion, right? So the fact that the first number is big, that the number of stars is huge, doesn't guarantee that the whole number is big because if any of those numbers, the fraction that have Earth-like planets, the fraction that have life, the fraction that have intelligent life, if any of those are tiny, then the whole number is tiny, right? So, but so far, it's pretty big still. Number of stars times number of Earth-like planets, still an enormous number. But that's as far as we know. We really just don't know. Like, can you answer the question, what fraction of Earth-like planets have life on them? That's a pretty basic question, right? You might ask a biologist, like, if you ran an Earth simulator a hundred times, how many times would you get life on it? We just don't know the answer to that question. It's one of the core questions in modern biology. And I'm speaking as a particle physicist who doesn't know that much biology except for being married to a biologist. Mm -hmm. But we still don't know the answer to that very basic question. So basically she would say, uh, you don't know anything. (laughs) You don't know anything. (laughs) She says that to me a lot and she's usually right. Yeah, not just by biology. (laughs) That's right. It's more of a broader conversation that we have. Before we keep going, let's take a short break. Physicists are famously sticklers for detail, and when it comes to the fine print contracts and hidden fees from wireless providers, I've learned that there's always a catch somewhere. So when I heard that the Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, where's the catch? But now I'm convinced there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online, so they cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass all those savings directly to you. So you can say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, draw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. All of Mint Mobile's plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash universe that's mintmobile.com slash universe cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see Mint Mobile for details how do you feel about eating plastic you went to a restaurant and saw plastic on the menu would you order it well turns out that we're all eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic every week yep that's right The products we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. Yuck. Well, what can we do about it? Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's not complicated. Refillable cleaning products without sacrificing on design. Their products have a beautiful, cohesive style that looks great on your counter. My family got the sampler pack and it already smelled great when we opened the box. Everything works super well, stuff gets really clean and it's all super easy to use. 
So it's no extra hassle in our lives, and we feel great knowing we're generating less plastic waste. Blueland has a special offer for listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash universe. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash universe for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash universe to get 15% off. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. We sort of know a little bit about how life forms, right? Like you have a planet like the Earth and um, that maybe has water. It's in the right spot relative to the sun. It's not too hot, not too cold. It's called the Goldilocks planet. Uh, we sort of know a little bit about, you know, you, you need this kind of primordial soup. And eventually, at least on Earth, like some of those molecules kind of came together and became uh, life. Yeah, that's true. Um, we know what's necessary, but we don't know if it's sufficient, right? So, you know, we know that you need, you know, liquid water and you need basic amino acids and you need some source of energy, right, to organize things, um, lightning or the sun or whatever. Uh, but we don't know if you put that all together, if you get life every time or mm. if it's a totally freak chance, right? We just really, we really have no idea how many times that happens. And people are studying this, you know, they do things like, put that primordial soup or our understanding of it in a test tube and zap it with electricity and they see cool stuff happen like basic amino acids, the building blocks of DNA and stuff. They do form, but that doesn't make life, right? Life needs to be self-replicating and has to have metabolism. And But, you know, there's a whole other question there about what is life anyway? Well, so even if you can get life out of primordial soup, you still have to have that life uh, survive and evolve and become... Uh, critters and beings and intelligent beings who can build radios and technology and harness and launch podcasts electricity. yeah and launch podcasts and then get transmitted across the cosmos like that's uh, that's a huge gap too right like a huge improbability that's right we just don't know and so we've already gone past our knowledge right that the fraction of planets that form life could be one in two. It could be one in a gazillion, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're absolutely right. And then you're right that we don't know what fraction of them make intelligent life. Like, yeah, we have the example here on Earth. We also know that that one example is highly dependent on a bunch of random events, like a meteor crashed into Earth and killed all the dinosaurs and made room for the mammals to evolve. Mm -hmm. Would the dinosaurs have become intelligent if we hadn't come around? Is, is it guaranteed that something becomes intelligent? Or is this just a total fluke and in a thousand different other uh, similar Earths without a meteor, or if the meteor hit somewhere else, you wouldn't have intelligent life, or you'd have super intelligent life, or like dumb life, or life all life would be dead. We just, we really have no way to answer that question. But even then, that's just the probability that there is uh, life out there, right? Like you just need all those factors to add up to more than one in a gazillion, 
Like if it was two in a gazillion, <laughs> there's probably definitely life out there. But then there's the other question of like, why haven't we heard from them or contacted them or seen them, right? Like it's kind of two separate questions. Like, is there life out there? Right. And then there's a the question of why haven't we like seen it or had contact with it? I like that thought. Let's assume that life is not so rare and mm. even that intelligent life is not so rare. Okay, so then we live in a universe filled with Earth-like planets right. that have some sort of squishy, weird, intelligent life on them, right? And then the question is, if that's true, why haven't we heard from them, right? Because as we said earlier, it's not that complicated to make self-replicating probes that explore the entire galaxy. So why haven't we heard from them? Yeah, and there's a lot of fun ideas there. Like my favorite hypothesis is that uh, maybe we have heard from them and we just don't know. I mean, would we understand a message from space? I mean, in order to understand it, it would have to be in a language we recognize. It would have to be in a communication medium we're looking for. Like maybe they're sending us signals, but it's uh, in some kind of thing that we don't even look for, like neutrinos or some other medium that's not light. Exactly. We're, we're listening to messages from the sky. We're not actually listening that hard. And we're only listening to a tiny little slice of the possible messages we can get. Mm. And the message... Um, could be in a totally different medium, you're right. Or it could even be, you know, in radio waves, which is what we're listening for, but just be undecipherable. I mean, what if aliens live thousands of years and so their messages last hundreds of years and we're hearing it, we're just hearing the first, you know, few snatches of it and we don't even recognize that it is a message. Like maybe we're getting a message saying, hi, guys, how's it going? But like, it's so slow, we don't even pay attention to it. Yeah, Or it could be the reverse. It could be like super fast, like super picosecond signals that we can't even detect. Yeah, absolutely. We have actually in the past heard messages or heard things from space that we don't understand. Mm. Uh, one of my favorite stories is this message called the wow signal. The wow, that's the scientific term. It's literally called the wow <laughs> signal because when somebody heard it, they wrote wow down on a piece of paper when they saw it. And it was exactly the kind of signal you would expect to get from space if they were aliens. It was in the, I think it was in 1977, and they had a telescope and they heard this extraordinarily loud, intense burst of radiation mm-hmm. uh, well above the background and nothing they had seen like that before. Wow. And, you know, they said, is it a satellite? Is it something reflecting off this? Is it some weird bounce off the moon? Is it something else? And they ruled out all those possibilities. Did they record and it? They recorded it, yeah, absolutely. So we have the data. Um, but nobody knows if it comes from an intelligent life or not because, first of all, it was never repeated. So we only heard it once. Oh. And we can't decipher it. It's very short. We don't know what it means. So without being able to decipher it, it could just be like, you know, some weird emission. It has no structure to it. Yeah, it has that we can determine, right? I mean, who knows how these things could be structured? It's encoded in a way that's totally alien to us. Anything we get will be encoded. Like, think about the message that we sent into space. I think about that a lot. Like, we send messages into space, um, like on the Voyager probe and Pioneer, right? There's like the famous golden record. That's where we send a a satellite out there into space with like information about us. Like a little note that says, uh, call me maybe. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I'm crazy. (laughs) Call me maybe. Um, And I wonder, like, if you're an alien species, would you have any chance of deciphering that, right? In order for that to work, we have to have some, a lot of Mm. stuff in common about the way we think. And I think that's the critical factor is that really all we're capable of discovering is life that's very similar to ours Mm. in the sense that it uh, thinks the way we do. It uses math and it uh, communicates the way we do. 
And also that they want to communicate. I mean, it could be just be life out there that just doesn't care about finding other life, that's busy Ooh. living their squishy little eyeball life, right? Like we're the only extroverts in the universe. And most people <laughs> out there, most aliens out there are like, why would you want to talk to other people? That's insane. That's right. They just slam the door and pretend they're not home, you know? <laughs> we could be the weird ones in that perspective. Oh. Um, and, you know, we sent other messages into space. When we got this wow signal, we can tell where in the sky it's coming from because mm-hmm. from directionality of the, of the antenna. And so people actually sent a response, like they beamed a response back into space. Uh-huh. Um, Was the response mess- like a... What? Say again? <laughs> it was it was new phone. Who dis? Who <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's one possibility is that like even if there is intelligent life out there and there are signals to be seen, it's just too alien for us to even recognize or process or be able to decipher. That's right. And I think that's honestly likely because it's hard for us to imagine things that are really alien to us. I mean, like, look at all of our science fiction, right? It, usually the aliens are like some variation on humans with like fuzzy uh, eyebrows or pointy ears or something because it's difficult to extrapolate that far into the unknown. I mean, even here on Earth, people travel to other countries and they're like shocked at the weird stuff people eat and the way they talk and how they sleep and what they wear. And like even human cultures are bizarre and alien to us if we're not familiar with them. Right. And I love traveling for that reason that you discover what's universal about being human and what's just like totally arbitrary and made up about your culture. And that's one of the amazing things about aliens. Like what stuff that everybody does and what stuff that only you for some reason do. Or your culture. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody needs caffeine in the morning of some kind, right? Mm-hmm. But only we drink this water from a weird bean on a tree. Right. Mm. And so if we discovered aliens, then we would learn so much about, um, you know, what is common in life. Like how do they, do they use math to think? Do they have scientists? Right. You know, are they spiritual? Do they see color? Do they have two genders, nine genders, no genders? Like, <laughs> what is basic and similar in life and what is totally different? That would be so fascinating. That's pretty uh, cool to think about, yeah. There's another possibility, like, maybe there's life out there, but the universe is so big and so vast and so old that the chances of us hearing about them or contacting them is just too small. I don't like that one because I feel like eventually somebody's going to invent the self-replicating probe uh-huh. and y- your civilization doesn't even have to survive. You could just send out that probe and eventually it'll contact everybody in the galaxy. I like how you're thinking like a physicist. I'm thinking like an engineer and I'm like self-replicating probes. That's an impossible engineering feat. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Is that what engineers do? They say things are impossible? <laughs> no. You can't have this. You can't have this. You can't have this. How hard is that? I mean, all you got to do is land on an asteroid, mine some materials, uh, build yeah, a factory. Yeah, right? a factory, I mean, come on. Right? Sure, that's super easy. <laughs> I mean, we can, we've Look, been doing it for a long time. Why not? I'm going to call Elon Musk and I'm sure uh, he'll, have a, yeah. he'll start a company to do it tomorrow. Yeah, you know? Ask him how those are, self-driving cars are doing. <laughs> Hey, when you're done building Model 3s, can we build self-replicating probes that explore the galaxy? And while we're at it, let's give them artificial intelligence so they can interact with the aliens and answer their questions. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a perfect point to take a break. We'll be right back in a minute. (laughs) 
This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. I think the idea is that it's like we're in an ocean, right? Like if you're stranded in the ocean on a raft, like what are the chances you're going to run into other people stranded in a raft? It's pretty small, right? Depends how many rafts there are, right? Mm. But also there's not just like the space of it, there's also the age of it, right? Like maybe... We are alive right now in a moment that's after the most populous time in the universe. Like maybe everybody yeah. was alive a few billion years ago, or maybe everyone's going to be alive a few billion years from now. But right now, we're maybe like um, the first ones at the party or something. <laughs> yeah, or the last ones. Yeah, and that's the last element in that in the Drake equation, right? It's the probability that we're alive at the same time to communicate. And you're right, in, the, in terms of how long we've been around and like listening to this guy and talking to it, it's a tiny fraction of the life of the universe. And then you have to wonder like, how long is humanity going to be around and receptive to messages? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be 50 years, which is all we've had so far, or 50,000 years, even still, which would be a tiny fraction. So you're right, it could be that life flourishes and intelligent life is created and then, you know, destroys itself every time. And so that these things don't last very long, which would make it difficult to talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. But boy, that's not very optimistic. <laughs> the idea that maybe life is is super popular in the universe, but it all eventually like kills itself. 
That's right. Blows itself up in a, in a glorious fireworks. Yeah, like maybe there have been other civilizations that have followed the exact same steps we have, you know, like um, evolved, made cars. Um, you're about to say that Donald Trump is inevitable. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it, it's a universal truth that every civilization creates Donald Trump yeah, eventually. That, that, uh, Trump is an alien. That would explain a lot. But <laughs> but like the idea is that like at some point all civilizations eventually maybe like learn how to split the atom and then they all blow each other up inevitably. It's possible. But again, I think that's just extrapolation from our experience. You know, that's mm. the kind of things humans do. Right. And so we like to think, well, probably everybody does that, but we really don't know, right? Remember, right. we really have no idea. I mean, it could be that other aliens don't have such a defined sense of individuality, right? I mean, we have this notion that I'm me and you are you, and there's this biological difference defined by our skin. But that's a biological, that's a conclusion from a biological artifact, right? With this, this skin that we have. And other beings could be like more fluid, where like the nature of an individual depends on who's near each other. And so their concept of like resource sharing and therefore war is totally different and it may be very unlikely that they they kill themselves right so we we just don't know but it's it's certainly possible that life is uh, flourishing and destroying itself very rapidly well i also um i thought the craziest idea that i read out there was this idea that maybe the universe is teeming with life but nobody wants to talk to us like somehow <laughs> we're in a bubble where they're like let's not let's not even touch these guys or or there's an idea out there that we're like in a zoo or something. Oh, I hate that idea. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I hate that idea. Not because I think it's wrong. I think it's actually pretty reasonable and clever. Uh -huh. But how frustrating, right? I mean, yeah. I, I said earlier that meeting aliens would be dangerous. And I, I think that probably would be. Uh -huh. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't want to. I mean, I would love to meet aliens. We could learn so much about the universe and physics uh -huh. and math and life. So if they're out there and could contact us and they're just not because we're lame, uh -huh. then boy, that would be pretty disappointing. That would be a crush to, the, uh, to our self-image. Uh, so I think it would be comforting to know that we're not alone in this universe, right? Like to the idea, it's kind of like having an older sibling or something, you know, somebody who's been through it, who sort of maybe has some more knowledge than we do. I think that would be cool. Um, but you, you're thinking that maybe it might be dangerous to contact other life forms. Absolutely. I think it would be dangerous. Um, the history of contact between different cultures is that the more advanced one always crushes the lesser advanced one. And if we're going to contact aliens, more likely they're going to come to us than we're going to get to them, which means they are the more advanced. And, you know, what that means, right? I mean, think mm. about the way we treat lesser intelligent creatures, right? We domesticate them, right? right. Dogs and chimpanzees don't have rights in our society. Um, and we argue that they're less intelligent. Uh, we even eat some less intelligent creatures, right? right? So when aliens come, do we apply that same morality to them and say, well, yeah, you guys are twice as smart as us, so go ahead and make us your pets and uh, eat however many of us you want, right? Oh, uh, I think that's the most likely outcome. I see. Like if you run into less intelligent species, you're most likely your thought is, uh, it's not, hey, let's bring these guys up and um, show them all we can do. More likely that's it's like, right. hey, slave labor or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Food. Ooh, look, resources. Yeah. We've been traveling on um, the spaceship for millions of years. Finally, we get to eat something warm. Yeah, that's right. Roasted human. That's my concern. And, you okay. know, we have sent messages into space. And I think that's kind of dangerous. I mean, you're like advertising where you are and who you are and the fact that you're pretty clueless. So right. imagine, for example, say the universe is teeming with life and nobody's contacted us just because nobody knew we were here. And then we just on the, the, the edge of our technological capabilities to contact people, we announce ourselves, hey, everybody, look at us. We're totally weak and helpless. <laughs> then, you know, what's going to happen? Hot well, food right here. 
Exactly. Exactly. Imagine dropping a baby into the most dangerous neighborhood on earth, right? It's oh, going to scream and cry. And oh. then uh, what's going to happen? Well, it's very unlikely somebody kind-hearted is going to pick it up and take care of it. So again, I don't know if finding intelligent life in the universe is an optimistic or pessimistic viewpoint. Oh. So it doesn't seem likely that we will ever contact or talk to or learn a lot. So maybe the lesson here is that we should learn to be by ourselves in a way, you know, like don't expect some civilization to save us or to, to destroy us. Maybe the lesson is to really just kind of own being alone and, and take responsibility for our, our existence here on, on Earth. Yeah, I think the best case scenario would be if we discover intelligent life. You know, we develop technologically, we move on to other planets, maybe we explore the galaxy, we build those self-replicating probes, and then we discover alien life and we learn from them. I think that would be the best case scenario oh, for humans. To be the, yeah. the colonizers, not the, not the colonizees. Well, I hope by that time, you know, we will have developed a higher morality and we will, you know, not take advantage of those squishy little cute aliens we discover on whatever planet. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be better if we found them before they found us, for sure. But I would also love to, to see another planet and to meet aliens and to get to talk to them. But you know, every time I see a science fiction movie where there's aliens, I'm always amazed at how it always takes like six minutes for them to figure out how to talk to each other. You know, <laughs> you, know you just raise your hand, part your, your fingers, and that's it, right? Live long and prosper. Well, whether we are alone or we're one of many, go out there and uh, enjoy the experience of being. <laughs> and to our alien listeners, if you're going to come to Earth, please arrive gently. Eat something before you get here. <laughs> That's right. Fill up for the trip, please. Yeah, yeah please. <laughs> Thanks a lot. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge. That's one word. Or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. 
You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.